1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the 1865 match report. As we look back on Forest's goal of straw at Bristol City in the fourth round of the FA Cup, which means that the teams will now go to a replay probably on Wednesday week at the City ground. Overall, it wasn't a, a sparkling performance by any means from Forest. It was solid with a few moments, but I think on the whole the uh, the travelling Forest fans will think that that was a game to largely forget. It's Stephen here and I've got George with me. George was one of those travelling fans to Ashton Gate. And, yeah, George, it was a, it could have potentially been a really difficult night for Forrest, actually, knowing what Bristol did to West Ham in the previous round. And you could see why they caused West Ham so many problems. But actually, Forrest coming out with a draw and a replay perhaps isn't the worst result on the night.
1: No, it was certainly never going to be a, an easy game. You mentioned the West Ham games and and Bristol were, you know, they were confident to play their football. Much of a Blackpool, you know, neither team sort of resented and were scared of the Premier League team. Both sides, you know, took the game by the scruff of the neck and really made it a very good cup tie. I think um cup runs, you know, very good cup runs often don't start the best. You know, you never, very rarely get a side that waltzes all the way through. You know, I think Liverpool a few years ago, they, I think they beat Norwich, um, but they only tightly beat Norwich. Then they came to the city ground and got a scrappy 1-0 win against us and they went on to win the cup. So I'm not saying Forrest is going to win the cup, but I, th- I think having a two cup ties that have gone to replays, you know, isn't the worst thing in the world. But I think a draw was probably justified. Forrest take the positives, you know, the clean sheet. Um, only and no shots on target for Bristol City conceded, which hasn't been coming really under Nuno. So that's a, a big positive. Um, and yeah, I think Bristol edged the first half, especially in possession. Forrest maybe the second half once Gibbs White came on. Um, and then we had that free kick at the end with which we'll come to, which pretty much summed up Forrest um, last night. So... Yeah, we'll take the draw and we'll go back to the city grounds. We've got three consecutive home games if it's um, in that period now, and
0: we'll look forward to that. So let's have a look at the Forest team news. And they were unchanged from the defeat at Brentford last weekend. One change on the bench, though: Morgan Gibbs-White back among the substitutes, back in the squad, and that was a boost. wasn't deemed fit enough to start, but that meant Forest went with a four two three one again with Matt Turner in goal. Gonzalo Montiel, Omobamidele, Murillo and Nuno Tavares, the back four. Yates and Mangala sitting in midfield. And in front of them, Dominguez, Danilo and hudson Adoy, with Chris Wood up top. And then on the bench, we had Vlaka Dimos, Williams, Gibbs-White, Toffolo McKenna, Aguilera, Asong and Gardner. So a boost to have Gibbs White back but no real surprises there in the team selection. I think the big one was just keeping Matt Turner in goal wasn't it rather than switching it back to Vlacadimos which had happened for the Blackpool Cup games earlier on.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think we are expecting many changes because A, there's not that many options and B, we don't want to sort of disrupt the, the football that's slowly starting to flow under Nuno and in the keep with the keeper situation, I think Nuno rightly gave like Dimas those two Blackpool games to try and prove himself because Turner was sort of the number one when he came in. But he did nothing to to nail that down. And I think Turner has probably been played better under Nuno despite the the few blunders in possession. And I don't think it would have worked, you know, flip-flapping, choosing cup, you know, giving this keeper the cup. And I think we've got to give Turner a good run of game so he can really get his feet onto the table and and start having confidence and whether we end up bringing a goalkeeper or not, if Turner has the confidence that he's the number one until that, um, it's only going to be positive. The, the one sort of thing I would have liked to have seen maybe is a bit of height in defence because I think we struggled against Brentford with balls into the box and Murillo, bless him, I mean, I think he needs a rest in fairness. So I'm not saying he was poor but, I think he he needs just a game off, a game to sit on the bench by the sidelines. And when you've got Warren and McKenna, who've got experience of playing against championship sides, ready made and who really haven't really had much of a chance um, under Nuno, I was expecting sort of one of them um, to be starting. But no, no real um, surprises with the team news. And yeah, well done Uno, for for sticking with his men.
0: The game started with Forest almost looking to contain Bristol, and dare I say, play a bit of a low block—a favourite word that we used under Steve Cooper. And as a result, Forest didn't really look too convincing in that first half, at either end of the pitch. And it was Bristol City who were doing a lot of the running and trying to create more of the chances. And there were a few opportunities where they got in behind and forced blocks and clearances from the Forest defence, who actually dealt pretty well with with any potential threats coming in. The first attempt for Forrest came about 15 minutes in. It was a free kick sort of out on the right-hand side, bit of an awkward angle. So I think the expectation was that that was going to be put into the box and swung in as a cross, but Tavares tried to have a go from an acute angle, trying to catch the keeper out, but he went just wide. And then Bristol went up the other end and it was Mimetti, their left winger. He'd had a good game against Montiel in this first half actually. And, uh, our defender was struggling a little bit against him got in down the left squared it for Ryan Conway he first time got his foot to the ball it was a it was quite a powerful effort actually but thankfully for us went the wrong side of the post and you could just sense Bristol were trying to build a bit of momentum and get a bit of an atmosphere going there
1: yeah, they were. That was a, a real huge chance for Forrest that they were looking up to concede. I guess the game started with both teams sort of standing off each other and sort of trying to trying to find out how to play. But then Bristol were the ones that started to pair after that, um, that Nuno free kick that was pretty abysmal. They, they grew and, and that chance you mentioned Mimetti into, uh, into Conaway, Connolly. Um, I mean, Dominguez does not track his runner. And I think on, as a right winger, he's done quite well. But Montiel goes out to track the fullback, and then the run is clear from Mometti inside. Dominguez is stood there and he does not track the runner. And it was clear as day that that run was going to be taken and that there was space there. And, you know, that was such poor sort of backtracking from Dominguez who, as a winger, you'd think his best, as a midfielder on the wing, you'd think his sort of positive and his strength would be defence-wise. But how he let him just saunter past him was, you know, atrocious defending from him. And then um, obviously missed the shot. But, yeah, Bristol were we're just passing it around like Forrest weren't there at times. I mean, I said to my granddad at halftime, you mentioned that. It was almost like watching Forrest under Cooper again with the low block, scared to win possession. And and even when we sort of won balls in areas that Nuna would like us to, you know, on sort of the edge of the box, but with the pitch ahead of us, we never really broke out. And it was like Wood. I mean, Wood was fantastic in the first half. We conceded countless sort of free kicks. Um, and it was worrying the amount of times that they sort of, strolled through our channels like we weren't there. There was a chance early on um, and their, their centre-back just sort of drove through the right-hand side. I think Danilo slipped over. But then it was like just walking through a parted sea. And um, Forrest, yeah, they were a bit all over the place in the first half. And like I say, they conceded quite a lot of free kicks and set pieces that Chris Wood was the only one that looked like he was going to win a header. He was the only one that was sort of an outlet um, to get us on possession. But we did struggle to keep hold of the ball first stuff. And I think the stats were only about 55% To Bristol in possession,
0: but it felt like a lot more. Yeah, and it it was quite uncomfortable to watch at times the way that Bristol City were getting in behind. And you mentioned there as well the opportunity, which I think was their centre half. Yeah. Striding through it. Yeah. And it it needed that block from Murillo to stop the ball coming in. Forrest did have an opportunity. It was a ball dropped to Ryan Yates on his left foot. He had a strike, which was quite comfortably saved by the keeper. And then just before half time, Bristol were on the attack, but Murillo got in and intercepted a pass. The ball went to Chris Wood. He carried it forward, laid it off to Callum Hudson-Odoi. He then looked to cut in, having carried the ball down the left-hand side, rolled it to the edge of the box for Danilo, and he had a first-time strike, which went just wide, clipped the side netting. The Forest fans in the stadium thought it was in. It did. I can imagine from your vantage point, it would have looked very much in the back of the net but it was opportunity missed. And that would have been three goals in three for Danilo, had that one gone the other side of the post.
1: Yeah, I think there was many false celebrations around me and the the ball sort of hung in there. So you're like, is it in, is it not? Then we were sort of trying to gauge if the players were celebrating or not. And then obviously it wasn't a goal. But those two chances that we had, you know, Dominguez with that ball in and then Hudson-Odoi later in the half, they were the only two times that we had wingers that got balls into the box because the rest of the time, Dominguez, especially, would just cut back and, and play the safe ball. And that's been a, a key issue, I think, of Canna budson tenure on the wing, the fact that he just too often takes the easy ball. Um, but yeah, that chance later on with Chris Woods, um, I mean, you can see the confidence that's flowing through him. It was the first time, like I mentioned, that we won the ball in a very sort of transitional position and we got it forward straight away because we did it a few times, but then just played it square, played it backwards and then didn't get anywhere. So Chriswood gets it on halfway, and it's a fantastic run forward. Hudson had well to, to back him up and then obviously found Danilo and his shot was um, into the side netting. I mean, I don't want to be too harsh on Danilo, but um, last night, particularly in the second half, um, it wasn't the best performance from him. I think going forward, you know, we know what he offers, but in that sort of sitting defensive role on the ball, he made countless mistakes. He was out of position and I think Forest Midfield wasn't the best obviously that was tried to combat with the changes we'll come to at half time so yeah a first half that Bristol sort of dominated um, but Forest still created some chances to win um, to to get ahead rather and we couldn't be too disheartened and nil-nil was certainly justified I guess at half time The
0: 1865 Match Report 2024 is upon us, which means a packed schedule of FA Cup, AFCON, and of course, Premier League action. Beat the January Blues and watch every game with the atmosphere it deserves down at your local Green King sports pub. Don't settle for a dodgy stream. If it's on the telly, it's on at your local Green King venue across that huge HD screens. Huge. If you download the Green King Sports app, you'll also receive 10% off every single drink whenever there's a game on, and you'll also be supporting us here at 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. If you do Dry January, then Green King venues also offer a range of low and no alcohol options, so you don't have to settle for a worse sports watching experience.
1: You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham
0: Forest podcast. Forest did change it up at the break. We had a f- couple of changes. We had Morgan Gibbs-White coming on for Nicholas Dominguez and Nico Williams for Ryan Yates. Now, the one with Yates is knowing that he, wa- he, he was struggling against Brentford and came off, whether there was a, a reoccurrence of whatever he picked up there. But it looks like it was more tactical from Nuno, this, this switch.
1: Yeah, I think they were. I think Williams and Gibbs-White were two players he wanted to just get on the pitch. Williams to maybe provide more width, that Dominguez didn't. And then Gibbs-White to sort of link the midfield. And he took Yates and Dominguez off the two players that had been booked. So I think that probably had a a contributing factor to that. And Gibbs-White was what we were missing in midfield, because particularly when you play players like Mangala, Danilo Yates in midfield, they're all players that like to play with the pitch in front of them. They can't really play in tight spaces. And we missed Gibbs-White in there to dictate the play, to you know, nip into tight spaces and do little one-twos. And instantly, in the first 10 minutes, you could see the difference when it came on. We didn't really create any chances until about 60 minutes, but you could see that there was a lot more confidence in the squad. I mean, it was just a safety blanket, really, for most Forest players because they would... Uh, I spoke to you just before we started recording, and it was like... Um, when Clough used to say, give it to that fat man on the wing, Forrest would just give it to Gibbs-White and hope that he would be able to do something. And, and I'd say that probably maybe 40% of the passes that he made were in the in the first 10 minutes of his um, time on the pitch because he was just everywhere. And it was good to see him back, I think, is what we've been missing. Obviously, he's only been out for a couple of games, but I think we've missed him quite clearly in, in the games that we have. So, yeah, it was really good to see Gibbs-White on there. And then Williams, I think, just provided a bit more pace um, and a bit more support for Montiel because. Um, that winger uh, with Montiel and Dominguez was having a bit of a field day. So Williams with a bit more sort of defensive um, now came in there and, and helped shore things up. And it was Forrest from halftime who really started to dictate and look the much better side.
0: And yeah, Gibbs White coming on really made a difference. He Forrest just looked a better team when he was on the pitch and looking for the ball, looking to make things happen. And with his energy and his craft in there, you, you really notice it when it's not there, don't you?
1: Yeah, and that's one of the biggest compliments I think you can give a player, isn't it? That when they're not there, you notice them and, you know, it's just like the glue in the midfield. I mean, you know, we've missed Ilanga, we've missed a one year, but in the end of the day, we need players to serve, you know, those those type of guys and Gibbs White is that guy and he's probably the one guy in the dressing room that we don't have anyone similar to. I mean, Ilanga is, and Odoiza, not the same player, but you can put him in that position, you know, Tyro Woods came in and done fantastically. And if Tyro was fit now, I mean, I think he'd have a big competition on his hands to get back in the side because it's very hard to, um, to drop someone like Chris Wood, but Gibbs White, I think is the one player where, when he's not in the side, you can notice because there's no one like him. I think Aguilera maybe was unlucky. I didn't mention this in the selection, but I thought maybe it was a game that he he could have started because I think while Afcon comes back, and the players come back and Gibbs White, obviously, um, is Baffitt again. It was probably maybe the last chance that he was going to have to to get a start and to get some minutes. So I thought maybe he was unlucky because he's that sort of player we maybe could have done with. Um, mm. But throwing him, you know, on a Friday night in Bristol maybe isn't the right um, game for him and that's what the end was thinking. But yeah, Gibbs-White came on and was fantastic and was everything that we're missing and hopefully um, against Arsenal they'll be able to start the game.
0: Just before the hour mark, Gibbs-White was involved. A nice bit of link-up between him and hudson Adoy. And Gibbs-White floated a ball into the penalty area. Chris Wood was at the back post, met it with his head, but it was a a simple save for the goalkeeper. He didn't get a great connection on it, Chris Wood. Now, I was watching at home and on the first showing, I thought it was just that the cross was a little bit too high for him and it was difficult for him to get the proper connection on the header to beat the keeper. But actually, looking back, and you seem to think this as well, is Chris Wood probably timed his header all wrong and could have done better
1: hundred percent, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really good run from Wood because you, you could see the space and Gibbs White, obviously, on the pitch is the sort of player that can see the run. So it's floated perfectly and then no one goes with him. It's Chris Wood on his own, six yards out. And They did some research before the game. I was just bored on the bus and he scored with six of his last seven shots on target. So, I mean, I was thinking, right, you know, Chris Wood in this area, one nil, let's protect the lead. And then it goes to him, edge of the six-yard box and he's got loads of time and then the keeper sort of makes a movement comes and then doesn't. I think that puts him off because he, I think he just tries to sort of chip his header over him into the back post. And in the end, it was one of the easiest catches you'll see a goalkeeper make. I think he, he didn't realise the amount of time that he had because it could have even waited, you know, let it fall onto his feet and volleyed it, albeit from a tight angle. But I think that would have shown a bit more conviction than what he ended up with. So I'm not going to knock him because he's been prolific for us for the past few weeks. But that was the chance, you know, you see, Bristol had that chance in the first half that we mentioned. That was Forrest's chance. That was their biggest chance of the game. And in a game with very few chances and very little quality, if you're going to win ties like that, you've got to take chances like that.
0: A few minutes after that, Forrest made a change. Nuno Tavares came off and Harry Toffolo came on. He was then involved a few minutes after that. A uh, bit of a scary moment when he misjudged a ball running towards his own goal, and it let Bell in down the right-hand side. He cut inside, but Murillo blocked his shot and was there to to do his defensive work well. The way that Gibbs-White came on and just changed the game, he was involved in a lot of Forest's good attacks, and there was another one shortly after. It was a throw-in which went to Chris Wood. He fed it to Gibbs-White, carried the ball forward, and then laid it off to Callum Hudson-Odoi. He then fired a shot. Instinctively, but it went into the side netting and that was probably as close as Forest came in in that second half to, to scoring. But again, a nice a nice little moment some link up between Hudson Hadoy and Gibbs White. And Forrest looked a lot more lively, didn't they?
1: Yeah. And that was the sort of move that I think we've been missing throughout the whole game. The the link up between the forward players. I mean, Wood coming deep and getting involved in it, and then Gibbs White obviously in the thick of the action. And yeah, Forrest hadn't provided that threat or looked like crafting an opening like that for the whole game. And that's emphasised what we were missing, really. So it was a really positive move that. And that was a couple of chances in sort of ten minute a 10-minute spell. And you thought maybe Forrest can keep playing like this, keep the tempo up and maybe try and snatch a goal late on. Um, on the Toffalo thing as well, uh, it comes on and obviously does that mistake. But I've seen a lot of things on social media about Tavares um, and people not liking his selection. I mean, I, I do sort of get it because... Against Blackpool, he came on in the first game and really changed the game at left-back. Him and hudson and Doyle look fantastic, but since then, he's not really done it. But in the Bristol game, yes, he sort of turned down forward chances and was poor on possession, but you noticed him in the game. I know Toffolo, it's hard to come on as a substitute, but you didn't so much notice Toffolo until late on where he got a good crossing. So I think Toffolo will get his chance against Arsenal, um, obviously, because Nuno can't play and hopefully he'll be fighting to try and keep that shirt. Um, but I, I sort of don't... Join in with the complete bandwagon against Tavares at, um, at the minute.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's looked too bad. He's he's not yeah. been spectacular, but he's not exactly been been terrible either. I know new reports have linked him now with a move or a move back to Arsenal to then go and be sold on to Marseille. Now whether there's a bit of something in that, and we, it's obvious that Forest still need him in the squad and they need that depth at left back because it's only really him and Toffolo, we've got available, especially with Ola Aina away at AFCON. So I think with the way that the squad is shaping up, and we'll, we'll touch on this a bit later as well, that the AFCON and injuries really are affecting the options available to Forrest at the moment. 84 minutes, Forrest had a corner, and in true Forest style, they let Bristol break from that corner. It went to Harry Cornick. He carried the ball upfield, played it to Bell. He fired a shot into the side netting, But that was a little bit of a a scary moment for Forrest again and almost getting caught out with a sucker punch. But a couple of minutes later, and this was, what, 91 minutes, Forrest had an attack down the right-hand side. I think Montiel and Williams had worked well down the right and a ball come in, but the referee gave a free kick and it was because Morgan Gibbs-White had been brought down off the ball by Taylor Gardner-Hickman right in front of, of goal just outside the box. Prime location for a free kick. It's a shame we didn't have Ivan Tony on the pitch because, mm-hmm. you know, we could have really capitalised from it. But Danilo and Morgan Gibbs-White lined up to take the free kick. I was expecting Gibbs-White to hit it and bend it round the wall right-footed. But it was Danilo and uh didn't go well, did it? <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly not. I mean, the free
1: kick, it was just right at centre. So it, it does shape up nicely for a left footer, I suppose, to hit it. But... When you've got a specialist sort of in that position like Gibbs White, you expect him to be really taking the responsibility from there. I mean, so often from those positions, you know, stoppage time, the keepers want to be the hero and they often take a step towards the wall side. So I was thinking Gibbs White will take it, put it at the keeper's side, hope that he takes that movement and, and gets the goal. I mean, worst case, he takes it, hits the wall, we get a corner or we, we get the rebound. But in the end, Danilo, who placed the ball and did look quite confidently as he as he put the ball down, but he ballooned his shot well over the bar. It nearly hit me on, on row 24. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was a shot that summed him up and summed Forrest up on the evening. Um, Because I think over the course of the game, we mentioned those um, couple of chances from Pring that he had on the counter-attack that Forrest were, were scary scared of. And when Bristol got a corner, you know, we're thinking, right, this is panic stations for Forrest because we know what, when Forrest got a corner, sorry, you're thinking it's panic stations for Bristol because... We know what Forest are like on the counter and conceding goals um, from that. So, Danilo's free kick, yeah, it was it was atrocious, to be honest. In in that sort of stoppage time moment, you've got to at least get it on target and try and keep the pressure on because, I mean, the, the Premier League stoppage time rule of adding loads of time on has sort of gone out the window. We only had three minutes of stoppage time and it was in the first minute and perhaps Forrest's last opportunity, you've got to get it on target and to miss it like that was sacrilege from Danilo.
0: And that was Forrest's last real opportunity of the game. Nil-nil it finished. And I think overall Forrest will be probably disappointed with the overall performance, but nil-nil and a replay isn't the worst result in the world. And keeping a clean sheet as well, I think, is a a big one. It's the first clean sheet that we've kept under Nuno. And he mentioned in his post-match interview that he was particularly happy with that clean sheet because... While we have looked good under Nuno so far, we have been conceding a fair rate of goals. So I think having this this goalless draw and that clean sheet should be a confidence booster, shouldn't it, for the team?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's almost like we either get goals at both ends or goals at non-ends with Forest, isn't it? There's no sort of in-between, maybe apart from the Newcastle game. But yeah, they can take real positivity from it because it's the first clean sheet since Aston Villa in 13 games, I think, something like that. And Forrest actually looked like he'd been a clean sheet. I mean, Bristol at times dictated the ball, particularly the first half, and looked dangerous on the counter-attack. But they've only created one real huge opportunity that they missed in the first half. Turner's had nothing to do. Um, it, the one thing that he did do was come for crosses and claim crosses into the box where you want your keeper to relieve your defence. And so often this season, Forest's two keepers have hampered their defence and made things worse for them. So it was good to see Turner being commanded in his penalty area. There was a time in the second half where a ball went in, very similar to the goal conceded against Blackpool um, the, in the replay, the second goal that they scored, ball in from the left, that Odysseus got nowhere near. But Turner was there and he was never going to catch it, but he made sure he got a palm to it and got it out for a corner. And that's the sort of thing that you need your goalkeeper to do, to take control, take the initiative. And it was really, you know, solid performance from Forrest. It was a very tired defence, I think. Omar um, Bamadelli had probably his best game. I think on the ball, he he perhaps lacks confidence. I mean, in the first half, you could predict what he was going to do. He got the ball from Murillo, looked at Montiel, turned back and played it back to Murillo about nine times out of ten. But slowly in the second half, he did grow in confidence and he was on the cover quite a lot. So Forrest can take a lot of confidence in the defensive display. And on another day, Chris Wood sticks that header away or Hudson-Odoi gets that shot on target and Forrest go away into the fifth round with a somewhat comfortable cup tie so you can't have too many complaints about the game and ultimately you've got to take the positives you know it's it's another game that we can go to the city grounds and enjoy forest now um hopefully we'll have some more players the transfer window will be open so we'll know what squad we have to work with and as much as we can get new games under the new manager i think it's always going to be a positive
0: yeah and with players coming back from afcon and injury hopefully the forest squad will look a bit different by the time they play bristol again and will be much stronger for it. And actually, this extra game, I know we talk about fatigue and tiredness and you'd rather not have replays if you can avoid them, but it might actually do us a favour because it will help us give game time to some of those returning players. Yeah,
1: 100%. And you don't know what sort of mental state they'll be back coming from Africa, especially, you know, I mean, Ivory Coast, if if those sort of players came back from their home nation having been knocked out of the group stage, then I don't think that they would have performed that well, you know. So it's good that they've gone through in the end and hopefully they have a good run. Um, but yeah, it provides an ample opportunity for the squad, for maybe a few more young players to get a shout. But ultimately, I, I really like the fact that Nuno is taking the competition seriously and he's not a huge fan of the replays and he's made that quite clear. But he's not going there and disrespecting the competition, putting the kids out, you know. We've got Gardner and song on the bench and Aguilera to, to give them a good opportunity. But ultimately, he's taking it seriously is going out to win every game. I think that's what you want in a manager. You want a manager that that is going to try and win every game. You, you don't want to sort of pick and choose when you're going to turn up, you know. And it's nice to see a foreign manager do that because some some of them come in and disrespect competitions like the FA Cup. So it is a breath of fresh air, I think, since he's came in and the chance to work with his players. And, and players surely prefer playing than training. And it obviously opens up the risk of injuries in games, but I mean, we've had loads of injuries in training as well. So I think the more games we can play, the better.
0: With Nuno, are we starting to see now the way that he wants the team to set up? Because even though Forrest weren't exactly convincing in this game, there were some neat moments of possession and, and some nice link-up play between the likes of Gibbs White, hudson O'Doy. And it looks like Forest are looking to be much better on the ball than they were under Steve Cooper.
1: Yeah, and it's nice to actually watch Forrest play because so many times under Steve, you'd be watching the opposition play and Forrest play on the break. But the club did well bring in Nuno. Obviously, it wasn't the most popular appointment, but I think they wanted a manager that wasn't completely different to to Steve Cooper because if you bring in someone like Graham Potter, it might take a few months to implement the changes that he wants to do. And by then, you might have lost a few games and you might be in the relegation zone. Whereas Nuno's came in. He's got the same sort of similar defensive laurels that Cooper has. You know, we we saw the low block at times implemented and it's ultimately all about being solid. But then Nunes just came in and allowed these attacking players to have a bit more confidence. You know, he's allowed us to gain possession in some decent areas and drive forward. He's given the players belief and confidence that they can do that. And I think that's why you've seen players like Sangari and Yates used a bit more under him because they are they get the ball and look to look to play it forwards as opposed to sort of playing it sideways. So I think, yeah, really impressive what Nuno's done. Obviously, it's not the best time to be talking about the goal scoring when we didn't score a goal, but up until then, we'd scored at least two goal goals in every game that he's um, been in charge of. And we do look look much more like a threat. So you you can't you can't fuck what Nuno's done. He's came in, um, and um, I think he's been strong with what he wants to to get changed. He's relayed that to the players. And ultimately, we've seen Forrest look a lot more competitive. And I think in every single game that we've played under him, we've looked like we could get something out of. Whereas in the back end of, of Steve Cooper's tenure, unfortunately, we we'll have be looking to get a draw in most of the games. So it's real progress under Uno and slow. They're small steps, but they're steps in the right direction, certainly.
0: And with the next game being Arsenal at home in the Premier League on Tuesday night. Are you looking for a similar sort of approach from Forrest and are you expecting a similar setup to what we saw in this game at Bristol City?
1: I would think so. Yeah. I think Nuno's he's slowly settling on his starting 11, obviously. injuries and AFCON, like we've mentioned, have have had a part to play in that. I think the key hope for us is that Gibbs White is is fit enough to play the full game. I mean, an abdominal injury is what he had and maybe that isn't as serious as having, you know, a, a sort of hamstring issue or something. Maybe it's a bit of a quicker comeback and hopefully he can be fit for that because I think, like I say, he makes us tick. And when we win balls, you know, because Arsenal are going to, you know, let's not shy shy about it. Arsenal are going to have a lot of possession on the edge of our box and we're going to have to be tight. We're going to have to be compact. When we get the ball off them, we're going to need players like Gibbs-White to, to drive forward, to bring the team forward and hopefully carve some chances on the counter-attacker on the transition, which we've looked so threatening under Nuno. So, we're not going to go and dominate Arsenal, we know that, and we know our strengths, we know our weaknesses, and Nuno plays to them massively, especially against teams like that. You saw uh, Man United come to the city ground, and the way they wanted to play was nullified by Nuno. So, I think he'll have what a clear plan of how he, he thinks we can um, beat Arsenal or get a point off them, or something like that, and you know, if Gibbs-White plays, like I say, I've got full confidence in the lats to get the, the points that we need.
0: Let's leave it there then. Thank you, George, and thank you, listener, for joining us. We will be back in your feed with our match reports after the Arsenal game, so do join us then.